0: I've had this conversation too many times to count. While talking with someone about their business struggles, I asked them what their niche was. There was a moment of silence. I think they were confused or afraid about what they were going to respond with. But they gave me their answer in under 15 seconds with as much confidence as they could pack into it. And when they were done, they knew what they said wasn't even close to defining their niche. And it wasn't helping them find the people they were trying to serve. That short definition might satisfy family members in casual conversations, but it won't help you reach the people that need to hear your message. You're listening to It All Works. I'm your host, Jason Wheeler, and this is Episode 6, That's Not Niche. When people really listen to themselves describe their niche, it rarely takes someone like me to point out what the problem is. They know something's wrong. And even though some of them think they nailed it, they're still feeling discomfort because they aren't reaching or connecting with their ideal client or customer, and their results show it over time, like it's happening in slow motion. My response is a little more swift, but both are like a kick to your pelvic floor. There's been some funny debates about what niche is, and as crazy as this sounds, some niche deniers, feeling like they are getting put in a box if they have to define their niche. It really doesn't matter, because no matter what your business does, it's extremely suited to a core group of people but it's not suited for everyone. Whether you know it or not, understand it, or define your niche, it will be the main reason people do business with you. One thing I say repeatedly is, knowing and understanding your niche is most people's blind spot. It's a problem for entrepreneurs to understand that there is a conceptual problem with their business because it's in the background. It's also understandable that business owners don't see it as a problem, first of all, They aren't niche or marketing specialists. They are specialists in the thing they created a business around. I'm not saying they don't know who they serve. They might not be able to clearly define it enough so that definition can help them accurately target their audience. It's a process, and if it's done right, it will be your compass. Most people do have an idea of what their niche is, and they might think they know enough to get them started, to get those first few clients or customers. This is the most common story. But when there is a need for more clients and customers, it becomes weirdly difficult. For some reason, the message isn't getting received. The people who do come in contact with their content don't engage or inquire. And what it feels like is way worse. It leaves people feeling like they are invisible, and in a way, they are. People kind of recognize that they're there by looking at their content, but nothing happens. Their post reaches 70 people, and they get no engagement. The email they send out gets below a 15% open rate, and not one person clicks through anything within it. Okay, I've said enough. It's a horror story at this point. But these are all symptoms of niche problems. So what do they do about it? Well, if they don't know it's their niche, they pump up the volume. They might spend time and money doing even more of the same content and strategy only to get a tiny uptick. Or, even worse, they pivot away. They change the very thing they are doing and create virtually a new business and start the process over again, hoping they picked a winner this time. And again, they still might get their niche wrong and the problem still remains. Consider this, your niche is a perfect fit for your ideal client, which means if you have created a business, you can figure out your specific niche. Some people have reversed engineered it and designed a niche around an ideal client avatar. Either way, it needs to be a great fit. In most cases, people can riddle off a bunch of things about their niche that seem almost completely demographic. Some of it's relevant while some of it can be a waste. What I notice is people try to be a bit specific but also try to remain as broad as they can so they don't exclude too many potential clients. I call this problem, small boat, big net. Because they can throw this big net out there, they just can't bring it in. Their small boat is meant for something more specific. Most of what's in the net can't be landed, and therefore it becomes a futile effort. This is what happens when people fill their email lists and grow their followings with a very broad range of people, not specifically the right ones. And all their efforts to engage, connect, and sell to them is futile as well. It's extremely hard work for little reward. On top of that, it's a mismatch, which means after all said and done, your product or service wasn't the right fit, and then you have an unsatisfied customer. Do this a few times and you'll question your own abilities without realizing the thing in your blind spot. And then there is the accidental mistake, and I'm being open-minded, the mistake of defining your niche around things that you want in an ideal client. Some entrepreneurs put this under the qualifiers category. Most of the time, these little additions can be for vanity reasons, and if they are used, they act like disqualifiers. They can become limiting and damaging all at once. I was told by someone that their $200 DIY course were for people that had incomes of $150,000 and higher because they didn't want to go through the struggle of trying to sell to people who couldn't afford it. You have to keep in mind the conversation started because the person told me they weren't selling many courses and they were considering dropping the price to $150. They worked hard to get a following and an email list filled with high earners. However, they disqualified their ideal client. And those people were not in the audience they created. They didn't consider that people who earn $150,000 spend $200 differently than people who earn $50,000. Just because they earn more money does not mean they will be an easy target for a $200 product. Their value ranges are different. You could say they built the wrong product for the following they did have, and they remained in denial about it all for a while, then realized they couldn't serve the audience they built, but it took them some time and it cost them dearly. There are things that are qualifiers in a niche, but you need to make sure they work for you, not against you. And you need to be open to the type of people you do serve instead of dreaming about the ones you want to serve. A niche is not just something you can throw together that can be put on a poster like a mission statement. For one, it's more important, and two, it might not fit on the poster. A niche needs to be a very clear definition of what segment of the market you serve. If you know exactly who they are, it's easier to find them. And when you do, it's easier to reach and connect with them. While most people have four to six definers, I strive for 20 or more. Believe me, they are there. They exist. To prove my point quickly, I'll ask you this. When you create content, are they solely built on the four to six descriptors in your niche definition? No they aren't. When you talk to people about what you do, does your four to six descriptors encapsulate precisely the same thing? No, they don't. Before you start thinking I'm taking something simple and making it complex, I promise you I'm not. Its complexity exists whether you figure it out or not. The niche of your business provides you with the words you will use that will get you the attention of the people who need your product or service. They become more precise, and your ideal client will feel like you're talking specifically to them. Even though the niche is very specifically about you and your business, it provides you with a ton of information you would need to make informed decisions to connect with your ideal client. Now, if your niche is very specific, don't make the mistake I've mentioned before, which was the small boat big net problem. Don't be worried that you're being too specific, that you think only five people in the world will need you and three of them are your friends. It's not like that. The world is a huge place, and even if you were to narrow it down to a continent or country, your niche would likely still remain large, definitely larger than what you can handle. I can tell you from experience, there is a fear of declaring. As odd as that may sound, people are afraid they might pigeonhole themselves. Declaring is the right thing to do, You need to stand up and stand out. Declaring is the way to do it. If you don't, then how will they know? This is one of the first things new and struggling entrepreneurs need to make happen. You need to be specifically discoverable. When I say discovered, I don't mean people saw your post on their feed, or opened that email you sent, or went to your website. It's more than that. They liked or commented. They clicked the link. They searched through your website and made contact. All of these things start the conversation and the connection. You're discovered when they interact with you or your content. Declaring is faster, which means if you make connections with the ones who need your product or service the most, the faster you're likely to start making sales and revenue. I want to share my own experience with this as a consumer. I used to own a nice pair of casual suede sneakers. They looked great. They were comfortable in a lot of ways except support. And over time, the suede started to bother me. I was thinking, was it necessary? I was looking for a nice looking casual sneaker that was comfortable and supportive and was made from renewable materials that was price comparable to others. I searched a little bit and I discovered a company called Allbirds, and they checked every single one of those boxes. I felt like it was too good to be true, but when I went to their website, the more I read, the more interested I became. I checked their reviews. They were good too. I wanted to try them out, and they had a great return policy if you wanted to try them. I now have two pairs of Allbirds shoes, because the first pair exceeded my expectations. When they brought out a running shoe, I had to have them too. I know without a doubt that if Allbirds was missing something in their descriptor, or didn't declare a feature I wanted, I wouldn't have discovered them. I might have merely noticed them, but as soon as some of the boxes got left unchecked, I would have moved on something powerful happens when you do get discovered and help the ones that need you the most there's a good chance that person will become a raving fan which means you will now have someone else doing marketing for you when people are extremely happy with your product or service they do things like telling other people about you maybe on a podcast like I just did about my allbirds shoes but this can only happen if you make an effort to understand define and use your niche to find those people or make it a lot easier for them to find you. Sure, there's a bit of work to clearly define your niche, but it's still much more efficient than what happens when you don't. When you're able to use the definition to offer a consistent message to your ideal client, it will help you reach your goals faster. There's a noticeable difference in results when someone finally gets niched in and is consistent in their message. And there is a bit of a compounding effect. When you consistently stay focused on your niche, it shows up. We all know that when people look at your content, if they are interested, they will continue to look. They will check out your previous posts and videos. What would happen if they aren't all consistently niched in? They will think you're not totally for them. You piqued their interest but lost them when your other content didn't speak to them. They just drop off. You'll have to get the attention of so many more people to find the ones you can help just by not being consistently on target. And think about the implications if you were paying for ads or reach. You would be spending more money than you should. Clarity consistently goes a long way. When I titled this podcast, That's Not Niche, I wanted to give you an opportunity to see what's in your blind spot. Niche is not a new concept. It's something very few strive to perfect and improve, and when they do, they get results. It's something I take great interest in, and I help my own clients through this process of getting it right so they can be more productive and reach their goals. But I can tell you it's not easy getting people to see it. When I talk to people about their niche, the initial conversation is mostly denial and confusion, and I'm sure it's partly because people in general are confident they know their business so well. And when they are struggling or looking for solutions, it seems far-fetched that they haven't been reaching the right people. They are more inclined to think it's some technique or method they were advised to do that did not work. Many of them continue searching for the next strategy or tactic. But eventually we have another conversation. It takes being open to the idea that there may be a niche problem. Even if you don't know it exists, you're better off letting someone help you take a look at what you're doing. There have been some, very few, but some have been lucky or skilled enough to be reaching their ideal audience. It's a small group, and it's worth finding out and figuring it out before you pivot or continually search for new marketing methods. Time, money, and energy are the resources you are constantly using up, and it can be unknowingly wasted if that's not niched. Making it work. In this practical part of the episode is where I try to give you a useful tip or guidance to nudge your way forward on today's topic. My advice is simple. If you want to improve the impact of every piece of content you create in future, I suggest you look into the past. You really need to see if your content has been directed at the people you can help the most. Or has it been directed to a number of different types? Maybe you've been creating work that is a bit too broad. Look at the videos and interviews you've done. Can you tell what kind of an audience it was most helpful for? Look at the events you've been a part of. Were they your ideal audience? or was it a bit of a stretch? I've had others do this exercise and people have come back and said, I realize I wasn't always talking to the same people, my people, or I didn't have a good enough reason for doing that event and the results proved it. It might be a little heartbreaking, but it's part of how we find the way forward. And if you're serious about getting your niche figured out, you can always contact me through the podcast website. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on niche. It's one of my favorite topics and I love working in this area. In future episodes, I will come back to this topic of niching in and go into different aspects of it to help you reach your goals. You can catch future episodes automatically by subscribing and get next episodes as soon as they are released. I upload new episodes every Monday, and this will work nicely for what's going on for the members of the It All Works Facebook group, where you can find extra content and interactions on every weekly topic. If you go to the episode page at itallworks.com, you can see the notes for the Making It All Work portions of the podcast And if you have any questions, you can email me from there. I enjoy hearing from my listeners. Thanks again for sharing your time with me. Until next week, take care.